This episode of Star Wars Tonight is brought to you by Geek Fuel. They ship out a mystery box for geeks and gamers and Star Wars fans each and every month. Make sure you check out their subscription options by going over to geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. And here's what happens when you do that. They give you, that's right, you listening right now, a free bonus Star Wars item. Uh, that's, that's the value. Check them out. It's geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. Coming up on Star Wars tonight, well, there's one thing that Star Wars is continuing to do, and it is conquering our universe. So let's talk about it right now. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Star Wars tonight returns with episode 46. It is, that's right, Thursday, December 1st, the same month, the same said month of Star Wars Rogue One. I did it again. One of these days I'll remember to say Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Hey, I'm Riley Blanton, your host. Welcome back to Star Wars Tonight. So glad you've joined us. Uh, good evening and, of course, good morning and afternoon, depending on when you guys download this very podcast. Uh, I'm very excited for another great show because we have another outstanding guest. He is a proper journalist, uh, just adding far more class than we deserve here because uh, he's also a British man, and he's written a book about Star Wars. In fact, you know what? The, I, I think I just have to stop the show after this episode because it can't get any better than the one and only Chris Taylor. How's it going, Chris? <laughs> it's always good to talk, right? Oh, it's a pleasure, pleasure to talk to you, and thanks so much for uh, coming on Star Wars tonight. It's uh, Man, this has been a fun experiment, Chris. We've uh, had so many fun folks on, and I'm really glad to have you uh, as, as part of the great group of folks that we've had rotating in and out because it's just a fun way to process uh, the, that as the anxiety raises, and not just anxiety, the excitement. It's like Christmas season and Star Wars season. The 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 you, there's the there's press interviews that are coming in fast and furious. You know, uh, Felicity Jones has already been on the Tonight Show. We're going to talk about that up uh, coming up here in a second. Uh, so there's so much going on in the world of uh, of Star Wars. So I'm I'm very glad to continue it with our nightly countdown. Uh, Indeed, yeah. So it's the advent calendar of Star Wars. Yes, well, uh, oh, we should see. I now should December of, is the month. I should that, have. Uh, yeah, because it is always happening. Well, and I should make it official. We do, we usually do this, and sometimes I forget. It is officially uh, going into, of course, to uh, how many days until StarWars.com? Fourteen days, two weeks exactly. Uh, or as James Burns pointed out of Jedi News on yesterday's show, thirteen days if you're in the UK. Mm. Uh, and 10 days uh, for, until the world premiere. Oh, absolutely. Out in Los Angeles, which has mm -hmm. uh, been officially announced, too. So, so much. Well, but here's the number that you need to remember. It is also 14 days until the grand official, unofficial Star Wars report, plus Riley's ROTC buddies, plus his sister's friends and mom and uh, various <laughs> Star Wars fans in the Atlanta area, unofficial uh, pre-Rogue One meetup at Meehan's Public House. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I've made it easy for you because we've had we've actually had a good number of folks in the Atlanta area RSVP to our big kind of fun informal meetup before Rogue One. Uh, and so here's what you need to do. I'm going to remind you guys at the top of each show as we do the countdown because there are still a few seats available at a couple of the showings for Thursday night. So here's what you need to get. Here's what you need to do. Go to StarWarsReport.com/meetup. 
And that takes you straight to our uh, event page, which will get you the location and everything uh, for our meetup at Meehan's Public House and Pub, right across the street from Regal Atlantic Station, where we will be seeing the 7 p.m. IMAX 3D showing. Which begs the question, Chris, have you got the, have you got the tickets? Like, because I, I remember with The Force Awakens, like, I, we pre-booked three or four showings because we wanted seats. I, uh, well, I, I got my invite to the premiere, so... Yes, nice. <laughs> I'm... So that's taken care of. I'm actually going to be in New York on uh, the day or, uh, that it actually opens, so that's a relatively recent development, and I've not yet um, bought tickets to see it a second time, but uh, uh... I'm sure that will happen. You know how these things work. Yeah. Tickets just, just show up, friends uh, have spares, and... Um, yeah, so I'm sure I'll, I'll be seeing it at least three or four times before the end of the month. Yeah, because it's official now. Um, I'm going to do, uh, Chris, I'm going to do my best. I, I make no promises. But I'm going to do my absolute best to not let my, my very unhealthy, seething jealousy just slip through for the next few minutes. It probably will. But tell me all about it. So, like, it, it's official. It was announced on the, um, on the Star Wars show that they're going to be doing the live stream, the red carpet, and that's coming up real soon now uh, in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's on uh, Saturday the 10th, which is uh, a little weird uh, to, to have it at the weekend. But, you know, any, any day is a good day for a Star Wars premiere. And, uh, man, if it's anything like the red carpet for The Force Awakens, I just, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, it was so hard to be... Uh, a professional journalist at that uh, thing, I bet. and have you know you know how it works with the, the rope line, and you mm -hmm. know you have this long line of journalists waiting to interview all the stars as they're coming down, and you know and just sort of standing there, kind of waiting for oh you know no no big deal here's uh, Harrison Ford approaching, here's Carrie Fisher, uh. here's uh, <laughs> Mark Hamill, oh look there's there's George Lucas there, and you're just sort of trying to hold it together. Uh, and you know, not not do a squee, not not be a fanboy. Yeah, well, uh, it's exactly. Very very hard. It's I I bet like I can't I can't even imagine right like like I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about it when they made the announcement because I watched that live stream. It was a big communal event outside. It was mm. very much sort of like a mini celebration in some ways because of what the Star Wars show did um, uh, last uh, last year for the Force Awakens. Also because, I don't know, you mentioned you having a hard time with remaining professional. There was a couple talent that may have uh, had similar troubles. <laughs> I, I was witness that wonderful moment where, where Carrie Fisher took over. Oh, you were? The interview. Oh. oh. It was, so it was absolutely you, you just, you know. Stand back whenever Carrie is anywhere near. That's, that's the only advice I have. There. Well, there's a gift. That made its way. Uh, Anthony Carboni, uh, host extraordinaire, yes. as um, it, it, and it wasn't this situation. The one because that was kind of a big moment, but there was no shortage of them. There was also the moment when Frank Marshall and George Lucas had their little exchange about whether or not it was going to beat Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, rather. Oh, I missed. No, I haven't seen this. The, so, mm, all right. So here's what I'm going to. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be googling this. Well, I, of course, I, I am going to Google it, but uh, and and I'll bring that up for a later part of the show because, well, and so unfortunately, I don't, I can't pull up that kind of audio on the fly. But suffice to say, um, it was George. George does his 
very, very kind of reserved interview with the Star Wars show host. And it's kind of funny because I, Andy's so, so bubbly and, and great mm-hmm. as a host. Anthony's certainly, uh, he's, he knows his stuff. He's a great, both of these uh, folks, really, really good. I really enjoyed that live stream. But that dynamic works really great when like Oscar Isaac and Carrie Fisher just start going mm-hmm. back and forth. George Lucas, he's a little, you know, he's like, calm down, everybody. And then so he does his little interview back and forth. He's excited and he's asked about the future films and he awkwardly just kind of says, I'm not making them for anybody. It's just me and my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Those the personal movies that he's been talking about. making. You'll, and I think he even looked at Andy and he's like, you'll never see them. <laughs> <laughs> and right as the interview ended, he turns slightly away, and the camera's getting ready to pan, you know, back to the host as they're like to say, and back to you, David Collins. But instead, um, this moment happens, and Frank Marshall walks up behind him, and he uh, <laughs> he said he just like uh, puts his hand on his shoulder. And, and they're, they're obviously old friends, and, the, and it's, it's mm-hmm. only half teasing. But I get a sense there's actual genuine competition there. When Frank Marshall says the words, you'll never beat Jurassic World. I believe he said Jurassic World because it just broken the record that summer. Right. And he's, <laughs> there's this brief hesitation where uh, Andy's and uh, <laughs> the host's eyes, Anthony Carboni and Andy Gutierrez, the eyes go wide. They look. It's kind of tensely awkward for like a solid three or four seconds as George just kind of contemplates what's happening and then he just leans over to him and you hear it kind of faint because the mics are, are, are a little further away. He just leans in and says, well, crush you like a buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not a bet I would take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to, in fact, because this is such a golden moment, I'm going to personally uh, write, hang on, that uh, wait, you know me. Uh, well, I, I, if if any, anyone who knows me, Chris, uh, knows that I'm terrible about saying something on a show that I'm gonna do, and then I just forget about it. So I'm just gonna put like on my on my little uh, post-it note here, uh, GL video, and put that on the old uh, laptop because we're gonna tweet this out as well from at Star Wars Tonight. Since since some of you guys may have not had the privilege, uh, because basically there's a thug George Lucas meme that was born from it. <laughs> that was just great. Uh, but uh, but uh, thanks for indulging me there. I, I have Chris on, uh, certainly one of the world's uh, most uh, respected experts in the world of Star Wars. Uh, and, and if you guys haven't read How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, like I'm talking to one of the most qualified guys to talk about it, and here I am telling my goofy George Lucas story. Having said that, we'll all be tuned in uh, to the live stream. Indeed. I feel indeed, like we should yes. do our own. And, and hopefully George will show up again. I, I wonder well, if he'll... We'll uh, crush you like a bug. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that uh, Frank would necessarily take that bet this year. <laughs> Probably not. Mm. Um, well, all right. So I've, I've, I've distracted us enough. Let's get officially... We've got so much to talk about on the show. Let's get straight into the news. We have something to report. So, sir, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botany Spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen. All right, here it is. Um, they have debuted uh, one of the first press clips uh, from Rogue One. This was on the Tonight Show last night, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's basically Felicity Jones, after uh, beating up poor Jimmy Fallon <laughs> for, for a few minutes, introduced a brand new clip 
unfortunately, where the my, my studio setup doesn't have me give me the ability to actually uh, play the audio for you guys, but it was an interesting moment because we're getting a lot revealed in these in the last couple days, especially of the Scarif location, uh, uh. particularly uh, this early on uh, conflict between the stormtroopers where uh, Jen Erso and Cassian Andor are, are fighting them off. And there's this great moment where at the end of the clip, she's like, takes out all the stormtroopers uh, and doesn't even need help. Very much akin, frankly, to the, uh, if you remember from the beginning of The Force Awakens uh, with Rey and Finn. Uh, and, and then she shoots an Imperial droid that looks exactly like K2SO. And there's a great moment at the end where he's just like, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, did you know that wasn't me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but did you get a chance to see this uh, yeah, clip, Chris? Yeah, of course, of course, I knew. Oh, exactly, exactly. Did you get a chance to see this uh, clip, Chris? I did, and it's it's very surprising. This is the first time that that Disney has done this, and uh, they they didn't do really. I believe this is correct that they didn't do anything like this for the Force Awakens. It was all trailers. Uh, and it was, you know, you, you'd get different information, different pieces of information from the international trailers. But I don't believe that they released a single actual clip from the movie. And, you know, I may be wrong on that, but um, I, I feel like I would have remembered it if they had. But this is, I'm trying, so this is. Yeah, I'm running through my mind and trying to remember, but I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. This is breaking new ground in, in the Star Wars universe. Um, you know, and certainly new ground for, for how. Disney is promoting it, so it's it's very interesting. Uh, it, it works obviously because of that lovely little joke at the end. It works as a clip, but you've also got to wonder, you know, all of the people who don't want, you know, they don't want to know anything. They don't want to. Maybe they'll they'll stomach the trailers. They get excited by the trailers. They don't want to actually see any of the scenes. Yeah. Uh, this this is this is sort of I'm an interesting that- thing. I'm sure there were many internal debates about whether they should have released us. Yeah, I, I'm kind of back and forth on it because I think I've even said on the show, I, I, I've, I've stopped watching the TV spots because mm. all, I, it was almost sort of the repetition of some of the same moments that you see over and over again where it just kind of becomes, I don't, all, all I know is that I, I'm just going to make a pact with anyone who listens to this show. That w- whenever the line in the film says it comes, make 10 men feel like 100, I want everyone to just, just cheer, hoop and holler like it's the best thing you've ever heard. <laughs> because that's basically the, the, the shtick on this show. We've heard it so many times. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough, um, uh, let me ask you, Chris, because you, you, you follow this so closely and we're so involved with so much of the coverage of The Force Awakens. Um, uh, what what kind of differences overall? Because you mentioned kind of breaking ground. What what sense are you getting from Disney's marketing approach to this film versus The Force Awakens? Um, well, I, I think they're concerned, and, and rightly so. It is a different kind of Star Wars movie. We we've, we've always known this about uh, Rogue One. Uh, it's the first uh, anthology they used to call it, and now it's you know a story. Uh, but as you uh, as you sort of inadvertently make clear at the, at the top of the show, it's kind of hard to kind of remember that that's what it is, right? I mean, yeah. we've, we've never had anything like this. So I, I sense a lot of nervousness. Um, we are, I mean, there's the sort of weird news leaking out about where there's the footage being shown uh, much more than there was The Force Awakens. I saw. Uh, again, that was just trailers. There, there was this, you saw the story about uh, Mexico. You know, Mexican I saw some, I think see. Jedi News had posted like um, a screenshot or something and I saw like a big audience and Diego Luna, I believe it was. Yeah. 
who was just down there. Yeah, the so apparently they got to see the first half hour of the movie, <laughs> which, that, I mean, that's the sort of thing you get for, you know, I've seen the first half hour of Pixar films quite a lot. You know, they, they if, if they want to really drum up interest in a movie, they, they will show you the first half hour or the first 10 minutes or something like that. Um, it is it is very common for Pixar to do that. But, but Lucasfilm and, and Star Wars, I mean, it's sort of, you know, marketing a Star Wars movie just sort of seems like such a no-brainer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you don't you don't need to do it that much, but I, I sense a lot of concern out there uh, in the force um, about whether whether this is going to do well. Because I, I think they're all very concerned that you know we don't go away and write stories about you know oh is this because it's going to be very hard for Rogue One to beat the Force Awakens records in terms yeah. of uh, you know box. So, you know, obviously they want to get as close as possible to that um, because it's not just Rogue One that's that's writing on this, but you know the future of um, of the uh, of the non-episode movies. Yeah, no, it's a it's a tough it's such a tough line to walk for them. Uh, I I I'm getting a better sense that. I like. I don't think they're doing a good enough job. This is just Riley's mm. opinion, but I think particularly what they seem to be going for is showing Vader. Like you see him as sort of the um, the punctuation at the end of a lot of these TV spots and trailers, mm. uh, and and that's to kind of indicate. But I I think Vader just kind of transcends um, a timeline uh, notification. He's so iconic. It's just like, well, he's. You might as well just say it's a Star Wars movie if if you're showing Vader imagery. I think, mm. and and hopefully they're going in this direction because we've got two weeks. Like it's in terms of movie marketing, it's really now is the time that for the mass public is when it really kicks into gear. So, this is their. This is the chance. There's still time to do this kind of thing. But what they showed at Celebration Europe with the um, the the kind of fade up and a new angle on the opening crawl where it just and then fades like that's the movie. Uh, mm. that, that is the kind of thing I think that hopefully, I really hope we get to see that in a mainstream, uh, release or trailer or TV spot or something like that would have been a great thing for the Thanksgiving special. If you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting. They, they, they're not doing sort of as, as tightly, um, they're not marketing it as, as tightly as, as they did for the force awakens in a lot of ways. I mean, and, and the, the clip from the, the tonight show is, is sort of, a perfect example of that because it's not you know usually when they release that they also they would also release it online yeah so that we can all embed it in our stories well and uh, get spread that way and you know you don't get sort of low quality versions yeah no exactly but well and, and that's not happened and but we are you're right there is a lot more that we're getting not of the whole movie but as i mentioned briefly before of scarif particularly in fact today just kind of perusing at today's notes the clip from Jimmy Fallon, that was Scarif. They just debuted the, the Star Wars Battlefront uh, Rogue One uh, Scarif location for that, for that DLC, uh, and, uh, which is pretty much all visual, but like, it shows that's kind of what they're showing. And then, the, uh, finally, I just watched uh, just a couple hours ago. I didn't even know this was a thing. I stumbled across it as I was looking through stories today, uh, and that is this virtual reality set tour with Gareth Edwards on location uh, where they shot the Scarif scenes, where he kind of narrates through actual 360 footage of them shooting the film. Not in between takes, during takes. And there's some great commentary uh, uh, for that that, uh, that we're going to 
really break down for you guys because uh, I, I can't wait to play it. I actually have this set up because I've had time to pull it up on my phone, which as I kind of tilt it around, I can kind of see... Uh, I can see this embedded uh, player kind of uh, seems to be working. So that's a good sign. But we're going to tell you guys all about that. Uh, but first, I do want to thank today's sponsor for the podcast, and that's Geek Fuel. Now, uh, you guys, if you guys have been listening to uh, Star Wars Tonight, you know, you know all about Geek Fuel. They are a monthly subscription service for geeks, gamers, and Star Wars fans. But uh, really, now's the time of year. You know, it's <laughs> 14 days till Rogue One. That means only just a handful more till Christmas. So if you're thinking of getting a really cool, especially like, you know, talking about gifts that keep on giving, uh, ongoing uh, present for uh, for your loved one and and uh, and or all Star Wars fans that you know. Check out Geek Fuel now. What they do is they ship you five to seven geeky items that includes posters, T-shirts, as well as if you sign up through GeekFuel.com/slash/StarWarsReport. Uh, they're going to send you a bonus Star Wars item. That's right. The one they sent me, Chris, in the sampler was the. And I've said it many times, and it's still the best. It's the uh, It's a Nap pillowcase, <laughs> which, which was the best thing ever. Um, but, yeah, so make sure you check them out. And we do thank them for supporting uh, Star Wars tonight all the way through, and even a few days after Rogue One, uh, Geekfield supporting the show. So, again, check them out, geekfield.com slash Star Wars Report. All right, so have you had a chance to see this, this Gareth Edwards uh, video by any chance, Chris? The VR video, no. Okay, so no. you're in for a treat, sir. You're in for a treat. In fact, I'm just going to play. I won't play the whole thing, but suffice to say, this is a really cool concept, uh, and it's from uh, it's a People magazine exclusive. Again, kind of speaking of the, the 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 PR work they're trying to do. So, uh, like, I'm just going to play the audio. It's it's Gareth Edwards, and man, every time I see Gareth Edwards talk about Star Wars, I just you know. He just makes me happy. He's, he's he just—he so loves it so much. He's so—he's like a kid. Ah, oh, so true. It's, so it's true. great to see. All right, let's take a let's take a listen and see if this uh, see if this works. Here we go. Oh, wait, wait, uh, uh, wait. There we go. It's uh, that's what the thing I always have to remember about uh, 360 videos. That wait a second, we got to make sure. There we. Oh, I don't think. Here's the thing. I don't think my my my. I'm Gareth Edwards, director. Oh, of that would be why. Star Wars story. <laughs> You know what I tried to do, Chris? I tried to load it in 4K on my phone. That probably Oops. wasn't probably <laughs> wasn't the smartest idea. All right, let's do a more manageable version. You are looking at me right now with a special camera that can capture a whole 360-degree environment. And as you can see right now, we're at Skywalker Sound, where we're finishing the movie. This is a Foley booth with lots of strange objects in it. And we had cameras just like this when we were shooting Rogue One. And what you're about to see is a very immersive experience where you can feel what it's like to shoot a movie like Star Wars, and we'll talk you through what we were thinking as we were filming it. Here we are at Pinewood Studios in London, shooting a scene um, from the planet Jeddah. We're about to witness... Oh, this is the uh, Jeddah. I, I actually confused them. And so what's kind of cool, guys, is that literally they've planted a, a 360 camera on the corner of the set, and you can see this shot of the tank, the actual tank that you see uh, Jin, I think, inside of. You know, if, if uh, at least that's the shot I remember, uh, this really cool um, tank. So, like, take a quick listen to what, what they did with this. You create the vibe you get from classic World War II movies. You can see the people in costumes constantly acting. They don't know when they're going to be in shot, when they're not going to be in shot. That was part of the design of this set, so that at any point we could move the camera around and film 360 degrees, like spontaneously things that would happen. wanted this to feel like as immersive as possible, like you're in a real war zone situation. 
some of these creature designs, like these two ladies here with the guns, they look fantastic. And, and, and unfortunately, when it comes to Star Wars, you, it's, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches. You see in different shots just fleeting glimpses of all these amazing designs that the creature department came up with. The tank itself is a real tank. It was, I'm not sure if it's World War II, but it was, it was a fully functioning tank that had the look of a, something that could be in Star Wars. And once we had the tank, essentially the concept designers designed over the top of it to see what we could stick on it to make it feel more like a Star Wars um, vehicle. And the drivers themselves uh, are tank drivers. They're the guy with his head just sticking out the bottom of the tank at the front. That's the real tank driver. And so we had to be careful because otherwise the tank would have smashed into a building for real. And actually, George Lucas came to... And it goes on. It's, it's really cool. We'll put a link in the show notes to this thing. But you can literally just kind of look around the set as they're <laughs> shooting. An actual tank rolling through the set while stormtroopers <laughs> are shooting around. When you think about the, you know, the technology that they're shooting it with now versus the, uh, you know, I, I, my mind goes to the, the Tantive Four Blockade Runner scenes yeah. where they had to film the same scene three times. Uh, well, no, the same scene with three cameras because he couldn't afford to, uh, to shoot it, you know, more than once because uh, they were running out of money. Yep. Uh, on the uh, on the original shoot of uh, the original Star Wars, man, and you know to think that when we're now at the other end of that with these virtual reality cameras uh, running through the the set and you know massive tanks and you know he, he says there at the end that you know George Lucas came onto the set. I, I'm sure that he uh, can't believe how far it's come. <laughs> no, it's so true. Down to the giving the the he. I think he alluded to it before in a previous interview, but. I think like the uh, the tanker helmets being like a unique thing that George is like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and what's what's fe- the uh, all right military nerd here? Uh, all right, the ROTC cadet in me can't help but say uh, he didn't know the tank. The tank that they're using, and unless I'm majorly wrong, it's an it's a World War II uh, German Tiger tank, um, or uh, like the pan. They're the big giant kind of Panzer tanks that you would see in the World War II movies with these huge blocky square bodies that were just three times the yeah. size of the U- American Shermans. Um, that's, and it, by the way, that just fascinates me. Small piece of trivia. I can't help well, it, guys. The, I mean, the one thing we've always been told about this movie that is, is that it's saving Private Ryan in space. Oh, right? exactly. Like, no, absolutely. I think that's, see, that's what's amazing so. to me. And I think like, seeing that kind of tech, man, that's, see, because I'm a giant, like, military nerd anyway. So, like, knowing the trivia of, like, that's, that, like, German engineering was insane. And, and tanks they built, for the most part, were pretty much, especially the 3rd Panzer Division, was just far superior to American tanks. We could just build them and ship them a lot faster. So we would basically have the fairly, frankly, cheaply constructed uh, Shermans that we would just ship over by the dozens. And it just took that many to defeat the, that kind of German engineering. It's a... Uh, uh, so that, that, like that kind of thought and design in on the set, just gets me really excited. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's so fascinating, and and they use it on. It's interesting that they they've sort of spread around the World War II technology. Because of course you you have, uh, you know, Han Solo's uh, gun was was based on, on I believe a, a German uh, sidearm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he's he's on the good guys, but yet you know you sort of have these. <laughs> You have the jackboots on the good guys, and then you know uh, other other technology on the uh, on the yep. stormtroopers. It's 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 fascinating the the way that they sort of they do a mashup 
of mm-hmm. uh, of our history and, and technology. And it's yeah, just, if you if you do a Google search for uh, for World War II Luger and a DL forty four, you'll find mm-hmm. plenty of people actually use old parts to construct a Han Solo blaster, uh, <laughs> which is just and so much of it was just from junkyards in yep. uh, in, in London. I mean, you know, literally World War Two stuff just still hanging around in the seventies, uh, yeah. but in, in junkyards. Yeah, it's 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 so incredible, so incredible. Wow, I just realized just how how quickly time is flying by. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I've got I've got to get to our final segment, Chris. Um, and that's something that I've been doing with each of our co-hosts, uh, and as we've rotated folks through, and it's been a really fun experiment to get different people's thoughts on these same two questions. So we'll just uh, we'll give her a whirl because I have a feeling you're fairly you're going to have a pretty unique uh, perspective on this. So uh, just. Uh, I, I always feel like I need a million caveats, but that's okay. You know what? No caveat at all. Let me just ask you, what makes Star Wars so special? Wow. I mean, there, there are so many answers to that question, but I think that it is that, that sense of, of glee. And, uh, you know, you hear it in Gareth Edwards' voice. You, you hear it when, you know, when you hear the stories about J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan sitting down and, and, you know, talk about running a deadline. My God, they got so close to the uh, yeah. the beginning of shooting when they were writing that script, and they were just like, you know, what's what's going? What are the really joyful scenes that we would really like to see uh, as as Star Wars nerds? Um, and that sense of of glee and joy just sort of taking you over. You know, you, as you become like a kid, it it really seems to be something unique to this movie. You know, a lot of other franchises have it but but not to this degree you know you uh where even someone like Lawrence Kasdan who is you know kind of a grumpy guy uh <laughs> to you know I'm sure he'd agree with that um to to just sort of tap into that within himself um it's it's beautiful to see oh it's so true I just want to I want to to be on set, to just just see the dynamic between Irvin Kirshner and Lawrence Kasdan that had to be fascinating <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about opposite personalities, man. Um, well, and then, so for you personally, then how has Star Wars impacted you? Wow. Well, I mean, even before I wrote the book on it, I mean, it was uh, just, you know, it was part of the, the air that I breathed uh, as a kid. And um, I think it, it helped me learn how to tell stories. And really, I mean, you know, it was one of the first stories I ever knew. Um, but also just the... You know, I, I'm sure you you did this as well as as a, as a child, just playing with Star Wars figures. Um, you know, you 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 come up with these elaborate plots, and it's one one big regret of my life that I never wrote those down. You know, I had these long sort yeah. of um, sequels to Return of the Jedi, uh, often involving clones of the Emperor and clones of Darth Vader and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm sure it wasn't a particularly <laughs> great story and would never make an expanded universe novel, but I just, I wish I had some record of that creativity that, that kind of poured out of me. And, and I think that that's, you know, the, the characters are so well drawn. The, the sense of the universe is, is so strong that uh, everyone can be their own, uh, their own Lawrence Kasdan, if you will. It's so true. So, so true. And I think, um, it, 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 it's, I always feel like I, I, I need to say something like, cause in response, cause it's, I, I'll, but literally that's what I find myself at every show saying. It is so true. It's, um, it's, it's that and so much more. And I, I just love, 
because it, it can kind of seem like a trite question, but I do love just taking an opportunity to appreciate it for a second. And, and I'm really looking forward to kind of stitching all these together. We're going to do a big piece at the end of the year uh, to kind of celebrate Star Wars, especially uh, in the glow of Rogue One finishing up. It's going to be uh, so much fun to do. But, uh, but man, I think that's going to uh, bring this episode of the uh, Star Wars Tonight podcast to a close. But, but... You thought, I, yeah, you thought I was about to cue the music and it was going to be the da-da-da-da and then that was going to be like the follow us on Twitter. Uh-uh, not yet. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I have just pulled up onto ye old uh, uh, technology device connected to my mixer <laughs> this audio, which everyone needs to hear. And, uh, you know, working on my own films. Sounds pretty awesome. Well, thank yeah, any, anything, uh, anything we can hear about yet? Anything on the... No. They'll never be seen by anybody. Wow. They're just filmed for myself <laughs> and my friends. Nice. I like that. Well, thank Thanks you so for much for stopping by. No, wait, you're not going to be uh, my movie, are you? Jurassic is number one. Remember that. To crush you like a bug. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, episode 46 of Star Wars Tonight's in the can. Thank you so much for tuning in. What a show, what a show, what a show. Ah, so much fun. We've got a, a whole big set of shows next week, too. Uh, more great guests coming up next week. But uh, but you know what? We'll, we'll make those announcements um, when the time is appropriate. Of course, stay tuned in to at Star Wars Tonight on Twitter. But, uh, but Chris, seriously, thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, tell folks all about uh, where they can find you and all of your uh, continuing awesome work, especially as it relates to Star Wars. Well, you can always find me on Twitter at FutureBoy. And uh, you can find my stories on Mashable. We're about to start doing 12 days of, of Star Wars uh, in advance Ooh. of uh, the Rogue One release. So there's plenty of Star Wars content on Mashable.com. Yes, definitely follow. And if you have not, if you have not, if you were like me and you're like, oh, well, it sounds kind of good. I'll, you know, I'll get around to it. Nah, go right now and order yourself a copy of How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, uh, <laughs> the definitive story of the making of Star Wars in a way that appreciates the context and the phenomenon uh, that it is. Uh, Chris, great Christmas gift. Oh, exactly, exactly. Seriously, Chris, thank you so much again. Uh, and follow uh, Chris on Twitter. He is at FutureBoy. We'll have all of those links in the show notes for this episode, episode 46 of Star Wars Tonight. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Riley Guy, R-I-L-E-Y, and that's just the same for Instagram and Snapchat and all the other things. Uh, all the other internets. Uh, you can also find a link to the George Lucas Thug Life video in the show notes for this episode uh and seriously thanks to everyone who supports this ongoing show uh and, and every night uh seriously because um uh, the folks who support us just by listening by leaving itunes reviews and especially big salute to everyone who's supporting this programming at uh directly at patreon.com slash star wars report make sure if you're interested in supporting what we're doing here each and every night make sure you check that out and catch the bonus friday episode that's right we're here every day, including Friday, so catch that episode. We'll be back with that live tomorrow and, of course, in the podcast feed for all the patrons. Check it out again, patreon.com slash Report. And also a final salute to our sponsor for the episode, 
Geek Fuel. Make sure you get that free bonus item with your first order when you go to geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. All right, I think that's enough of the plugs. I think that's everything we need. Uh, until next time, we'll see you soon. May the Force be with you. Star Wars tonight. Remember, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not those of Smashable, The Star Wars Report, Disney, or Carrie Fisher. And as our parting piece of advice for the uh, podcast, remember, never get into a fight with Felicity Jones because Jimmy Fallon figured that out. That's all. That's the show, folks. Too much fun. Too much fun, Chris. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Riley. That's uh, it's always always a pleasure to talk and. Um...